Go, 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 shorty. It's your birthday. We're going to have a party because it's your birthday. We're going to sit Bacardi 151 and completely incinerate our esophagus because it's your birthday. So go, shorty. It's your birthday. Go on, shorty. Go, 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 shorty. It's your birthday. We're going to party like it's your birthday. We're going to sip a party like it's your birthday. And you know we don't give a fuck if that's your birthday. Okay, 50. Thank you. Yeah. Happy birthday to my mom today. Uh, early 70s. There you go. That's the range. We don't fear mentioning what range we're in. Me, late 30s. But it's okay if we forget the exact one, right? I think after 35, it's okay if you forget the exact one if you know the range. Yep, late 30s, celebrating a birthday. My mom, early 70s. Very early. Very early 70s. Happy birthday. Go shorty. It's your birthday. Okay, okay. You're on mute. You're on mute. People love calling you out on Zoom. When you're just talking and talking and talking and that little red microphone has the little slash through it, you're just talking your ass off and everybody's saying, hey, uh, you're, you're on mute. If you, if you could just unclick, yeah, the microphone, because you've been on mute this whole time. Yeah, and you're passionately talking about things that nobody can hear. People love to call you out. Mm-hmm. Percy, per- Percy, before you continue, you're on mute. Yeah. I'm still doing Zoom. I've got those hybrid classes going. Some students still at home. And if I forget to unmute myself, I think it's their favorite moment of the day. Mr. Mr. Rosenberg, you're on mute. We got him. We got him, that dumb son of a bitch. Oh, yeah, we got him. Mr. Rosenberg, you're on mute. Yeah, you've been on mute. You fucking moron. Hey, 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 hey. Who said that? Who said that? All of your videos are off. So who said that? You're in trouble. You remember trouble? You remember when teenagers used to get into trouble before the pandemic? Now, what are we doing? It's a free-for-all. What are we doing? There was an article in the Wall Street Journal just about how easy it is for these students to cheat nowadays. COVID-19, destroying everything, right? Except GPAs. GPAs, pretty good. Here's straight from the Wall Street Journal. A year of remote learning has spurred an eruption of cheating among students. From grade school to college, with students isolated at home, they got a mass of online services at their disposal. Academic dishonesty has never been so easy. In the history of the world, academic dishonesty surging. There are websites that allow students to submit questions for expert answers. And these sites have gained millions of new users over the past year. Tons of people making cash as they offer to do your paper, I'll take your test. Hey, no one's monitoring this shit anymore. Just a little tidbit from the Wall Street Journal article. It says some educators fear the new generation of cheaters will be loath to stop even after the pandemic recedes. Yeah, that's true. Also true before the pandemic. But now that it's been so easy to just sit back and Google it up and Google it up and use all the cheating services that a lot of students are going to have a tough time returning to the world of academic integrity. Is this your work? Hey, is this your work? Tyler, is this your work? Uh, yeah. All right. I guess I'll believe you. And we move on. I mean, there's plenty of resources out there for teachers to check and try to double check and triple check who's cheating. But come on right now. 
I mean, the disconnect, it's so palpable that a lot of them, not all, I don't want to paint a picture that all of them are cheating, but the ones that want to cheat aren't really being caught right now. I think a lot of it goes under the radar as everybody just says, let's get through the year and let's get to the summer. Let's just get through the year and get into the summer. And then it's all going to reopen June 15th. And it's all going to reopen. We take our masks off. We don't social distance anymore. The pandemic ends. Let's just, let's just get to summer. Students love that mindset. Let's just get to summer. All right. I guess I'll slip in through the back door, give you a little plagiarism and the peace sign and goodbye. I will admit though, once in college in the dorms, I wrote a paper for a friend, kind of a friend. I wrote a paper for somebody else in the dorms that really shouldn't have been going to college because they didn't want to go to any classes or do any work, but they loved everything else about college. And this guy said, I'll pay you 50 bucks if you just write my paper tonight. And happily, I took that 50 cold cash and wrote a B minus of a paper for him. I did that once. Am I proud of it? No. But am I ashamed? Nope. Can't say I am. That story is about 22 years old. All right, folks, I want you to buckle up for this wildlife update. It's time for you to understand what's going on in the suburbs. What I'm about to say is entirely true. Entirely true. In the last two weeks, a bear has walked into downtown San Anselmo, just climbed a tree. That's right, a bear. Just in downtown San Anselmo, climbed a tree. It was in the newspaper. A fox walked into my front yard as I was washing dishes. A fox. I've never seen a fox. And a turkey walked up my driveway last night. I've never heard of or even saw any of these things in my entire life when I was growing up. I've never, ever heard about a bear just walking into San Anselmo or any of these little Marin County towns just walking into the town and climbing a tree. Never heard of that. Hey, where'd you come from? He's not answering. And how do we get him down? I don't really know. And what about that fox who just came into my front yard? I saw it. I almost thought I was hallucinating. I've never seen a fox. I'm not embarrassed to admit that. I've seen a lot of cartoons about foxes. I've seen images. But a real fox? Ask yourself that question right now. Have you ever seen a fox just like six feet away? They're beautiful, majestic. Tail was waving like a cartoon. It was like animation, this tail just coming into my front yard and then slowly walking around some flowers and bushes and then just left. And I screamed to my wife and daughter, Fox, there's a fox, fox. Daddy sounded like a moron in the other room. Fox, hey, fox. I couldn't even articulate what was happening. And then last night, a turkey just walked up the driveway. That one, my wife and daughter joined me to see. They can verify all of these stories. Actually, the bear one, anyone could verify. There were photos taken. It was really poor journalism, though. I don't like to talk so much shit about our local newspapers, but the article about the bear in San Anselmo, what about the part of what happened? It's like one of the most empty stories. That's a big deal. A bear came into our town? Shit. You got to give me more. That actually sounds like the scariest thing ever. And I saw a snake on the highway today. You think I'm lying about this? Why do I bring all of this up? A turkey, a fox, a snake? A bear? Because this is the type of stuff I never saw as a kid. It was just strictly deer, raccoon, skunk, and that's it. Deer, raccoon, skunk. Those are the only three animals I thought existed in the suburbs. And now, you don't want to get me started with coyotes. I think about coyotes, I don't know, seven hours per day? I mean, I don't talk to people about these thoughts, but they're in my head. Really just animals that are aggressive will bite you, will kill your cats, that look exactly like dogs, that just occasionally wander around our homes? Really? We're just going to act like... That's fine. We have coyotes from time to time. No, it's not fine. 
It's not fine. I had to Google, are foxes vicious? They're not. They're fine. Turkeys. What about turkeys? Why are they getting so close now? Is everything global warming? Is that what we say? We just say that when things are out of the ordinary. Like I drove to my mom's the other day. I got out of my car. This is the house I grew up in, and it was windy on our street, and it felt so windy. I was like, is it windier than it's ever been? Is this climate change? I mean, climate change is real. It is a threat to our well-being and our survival. But I'm starting to label too many things climate change. I went to the Northgate Mall the other day. No one was there. Kids used to hang out at the Northgate Mall, and I wondered, is this global warming? I don't even have any logic behind saying that sometimes, but the turkey who walked up my driveway, is that global warming? I don't know. A big-ass snake on the highway scared the shit out of me, and I was in my car? That has to be global warming. No, Josh. No. It's probably not global warming. How about this? I don't really eat carbs anymore. Is that climate change? No, Josh, you're not exactly making any sort of reasonable connections. Okay, but try this one on for size. My wife is due with our second baby in a few weeks, and it's another girl. Could that be global warming? All right, Josh, maybe uh, pick up a book. Everything is global warming. Was the pandemic global warming? Was it a bat from Wuhan? Wuhan? That's got to be global warming. Someone ate a bat or a bat flew into someone's face and took a COVID shit. That's global warming. Wuhan. Woo-woo. Wuhan's going to average zero tourists for the rest of its existence, right? You'll never hear someone say, summer break. Yeah, baby. We're doing some traveling. Oh, we were going to do Europe, but I think we want to check out Wuhan. Thanks. Not to say Wuhan was a big tourist destination before this, but if you're viewed as the epicenter of COVID-19, no one's ever coming. No one's ever coming to your town, even 300 years from now, right? You're not going to Wuhan. That's a weird point. I don't even think that's a good point. But we don't delete anything from this podcast. We keep it in there. I do feel the pandemic winding down. This is nice. I feel it. I actually feel it. Like when I leave a store, I just take the mask off as I'm walking to my car. I used to keep the mask on for the whole walk to the car. Now I take the mask off on my walk to the car. June 15th, it's coming, reopening. We're looking for the end of the pandemic. Yeah, June 15th. I'm not a scientist. I'll just say that though. Yeah, June 15th. I'm not Fauci. I'm not Willis. Folks, I'm not even sure what's going to happen on June 15th, except for the fact that A politician has told us that's the date where we don't have to social distance anymore. And I go, oh, good. But were we really? I mean, the last few months, were we really still social distancing? Didn't we get a little more lenient with the masks from time to time? Huh? Almost time. It's almost time to reflect, to do our pandemic in review and remember how brutal it was. I mean, it's great to feel distanced from all of that. It's great to feel detached from the initial misery that COVID-19 was reeking on our lives. But maybe we're not there yet for the COVID in review special. You remember when you were like, wait, can we walk the dog anymore? Are we allowed to walk the dog? I actually wondered that. Am I allowed to go on dog walks anymore? Or does the dog just now pee in the house? Okay, so the dog never goes outside. And then you combine that with the wildfires in October. That was like the rock bottom for emotional health. I just thought I'd remain in my bubble, my home, staring out the window until I officially went crazy. 
How did we fill days? I would tell my wife and daughter, just get in the car. I don't have a destination. Just get in the car because I think we have to go somewhere. I'm not trying to paint a picture like we were suffering. People were really suffering during this pandemic. But I'd say just get in the car and we're going to go to the end of the street and then I'll make a right. And then at the end of that street, I'll make a left. And then at the, uh, at the end of that street, I'll make a right and I'll get on the highway. And then one of the exits will call my name and I'll exit and maybe there's a pond that we could look at. Who knows? And then pond time would take us to hopefully the next meal, which meant strap up, jump in the bubble and roll your ass into a grocery store and get a lot of things. Oh, what? There's not a lot of things there? You fucked. I'm not going to do it yet. We're not there yet. We're not at the COVID in review special episode, but I feel it's coming. This is good. I'm happy lately. I'm happy. I'm feeling uplifted that maybe next school year could look a little bit normal. It could. It could look normal. We just got to fix the extreme laziness and propensity to cheat that has aggressively entered the educational space. Aggressively entered. Laziness? Oh, shit. The amount of laziness right now? Come on. Some folks are coasting. As you know what I mean? All right, I was watching Colbert the other night in his monologue. He's talking about this story out of Alabama. Alabama's on planet Earth. This story almost sounds like it's from a different continent or planet or a different time. It's a current story from Alabama in the year 2021. Elected officials, political Christian conservatives in Alabama had banned yoga from schools because they thought it could potentially convert the kids to Hinduism. There's actually no punchline. There's no clever joke. It's almost worth breaking down in a more serious tone. So there's a U.S. state called Alabama. And in Alabama, some elected officials were so worried about yoga that they had it removed from school. But just recently, it was reinstated. <gasps> oh, great. Does that mean Alabama's making some strides, some progress in Alabama? Oh, fuck no. The ban was lifted. So now they can offer yoga in the schools in Alabama. But the students are not allowed to say the word namaste. Actually, they need to refer to all of the poses with English names. How many times can I say, I'm not making this up? I'm not making this up, but I'm not making this up. They have to rename everything with English words. So no chaturanga, no prananayama, no vinyasa. None of those nice, calm words that feel good when you do yoga. I don't know what they mean, but vinyasa, chaturanga... Into the Weekend Warrior One, Happy Baby. Okay, some of these are English words, but what if everybody who did yoga became Hindu? Wouldn't everything still be fine? What are they worried about? I mean, of course, yoga doesn't lead you to a religious conversion. It just doesn't. Yoga's just a wonderful exercise. It's just a healthy activity. But eh, for a moment, let me give these Christian conservatives Some validity to this idea of no yoga. We can't have yoga. They'll all go Hindu on us. What would that mean? Did they even study Hinduism? Why are they so scared of it? Why are they so scared? You could still be Alabama. But now you just have people going to a different location for their religious worship. Different gods. It's all the same story, right? Where are we going after we die? How do we get here? Who do we worship? What are our holidays? It's all the same story. I love this, though. The Christian conservatives were scared of yoga. Fucking yoga. And part of the story is meditation is still banned in these schools because they view that 
as a little too Hindu-infused. Well, they can't meditate. No, 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 no. They can't focus on their breaths. Fuck that. No, 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 no. Yoga, meditation? God damn it. They're all going to become Hindu. That story is from 2021. That's a current story. So anybody who tells me that I live in a bubble when I get shocked by these stories, you're absolutely right. I'm in a bubble. My Sanderfeld bubble. It's warm and it's cozy and I guess it fits my perspective. But holy shit, can't we all gang up on Alabama for a moment and tell them yoga, meditation, it's fine for young kids. Okay? Okay? It's fine. It's fine. I don't even think most Americans associate yoga with anything foreign anymore. When I was a kid, when I was like a really little kid, I thought yoga was contortion. Contortionism, where people could just bend through their own legs and pop up through their backside, you know? I don't know why I thought that. Didn't you? When you were like a really little kid and you heard about yoga, oh, he knows yoga? Does that mean he could stick his head behind his own knee and wave to the people on the side of him? Yeah? Oh, cool. I guess I'll never be able to do yoga. And now yoga's everywhere. Yoga's as mainstream as McDonald's. Come on, Alabama. With your McYoga. Don't say vinyasa. God damn it. He said vinyasa. We lost him. Don't say chaturanga. God damn it. That kid said chaturanga. We lost him. Lost him to the Hindus. You know what these Christian conservatives need? I'm building up towards a real intense comment. You know what these fucking Christian conservatives need? <gasps> yoga. Just calm down. They need yoga. That's how that ends. That's how that rant ends. All right, I need some more sports documentaries. I have nothing to watch right now. I know I complain about that a lot, but I like sports documentaries. That's what I like. So ESPN 30 for 30 documentaries was like my source of joy for years. And they went way beyond 30. They went way beyond 30. But where are they? I need more. I need more. Did they run out of ideas? Because I got ideas. I was just thinking about something so weird that happened over 20 years ago. It's when Randy Johnson, in my opinion, one of the top five greatest pitchers of all time, it's when Randy Johnson, the big unit, killed a dove with a fastball in a spring training game. I remember watching SportsCenter, and when the anchors were talking about it, it just didn't seem like real life. Story out of Arizona this morning. The big unit Randy Johnson killed a bird this morning with a 100-mile-per-hour fastball. So I Googled it today, and I'm thinking, yeah, you could do a full documentary on that. It's time. Actually, there's a lot of sports stories throughout my lifetime that were so extraordinary, so off the beaten path of normalcy that I think they could stretch into full-length documentaries. They said it was just a game. They said a young man named Randy was in control. But in spring training, you wouldn't expect the most out of control being to be the bird. This Sunday night, ESPN 30 for 30 presents a story unlike any other. The big unit hunting doves on the mound and hunting for answers in the clubhouse. From the makers of Hoop Dreams and the producers that brought you fried green fucking tomatoes, it's flustered and feathered. Sunday at 6.30. In the article I read, it actually said there was a 1 in 50 million <laughs> chance of this happening what scientists studied this and said yeah the odds of the 
dove flying into the stream of a Randy Johnson fastball in spring training and getting completely destroyed and killed, murdered in cold blood in front of a whole crowd, one in 50 million. What were you calculating? Seriously, I Googled it today. I read a whole article about it. And some scientists said, yeah, it's about a one in 50 million chance. Oh, really? Did you yank that number right out of your ass? I did. And now it's in an article? It is. But that happened. That's a low light. That's not a highlight, but it's unforgettable. That image, you could just check it out on YouTube right now. Randy Johnson kills a bird with a fastball. What are the chances? I'm guessing it's like, I don't know, one in 50 million. Print it. All right, I could think of a few more things. Bigger than life. Taller than the tallest tail. Dare to dream the dream of a seven foot seven center who thought he was a three point shooter. What if I told you a man from the Sudan Dinka tribe would travel across the pond into a Golden State Warriors uniform after his days with the Washington Bullets and become good friends with Chris Mullen as they led the Warriors to a decent eh, 39, maybe 42 win season. This Sunday night, ESPN presents Call Me Manute. The story of Manute Bowl and his rise to fame as his height would not stop rising and rising and rising. And he could block shots. Did the music stop? Okay. What if I told you one angry Warriors guard would try to choke out his coach? This is a sad one. Why hasn't ESPN 30 for 30 made a real documentary yet about the morning Latrell Sprewell showed up in a bad mood? He had heard enough from P.J. Carlissimo that day. What if I told you Latrell Sprewell choked his coach almost to death while the team did nothing? They were like, yeah, come on, Spree. Put him in a body bag. And then afterwards, once he finally let go of Carlissimo's neck, he went to his car, grabbed a two-by-four, and tried to come back and finish the job. Spreewell also once beat the shit out of Jerome Kersey. This Sunday, ESPN presents Spree. That sounds intense. Holy cannoli. What if I told you? They could also do a documentary on that time Monica Sellis got stabbed. You remember? Just sitting in a chair. During a tennis match, someone stabbed her. Some weird ass things have happened in sports history. And you expect me to just move on? I can't move on. You think that bird can move on? Nope. You think PJ Carlissimo's neck epidermis can just move on? Nope. You think I could just move on with my life after witnessing Manute Bowl shoot threes? No, it's still exhilarating. This many years later. How about a documentary about Manute Bull who used to shoot threes down at the hoop because he was taller than the hoop? I could walk right under his legs, not even bending over. Just right through his legs. I'm a grown man, I think. But I could walk right through Manute's legs. Can't end my podcast on that. 
I got to find something just off the top of my head. I got to find something right now that's joyful, that's positive, that's happy. Give me a moment. Oh, yeah. Well, this is kind of cute and it's kind of interesting and it begs the question, do we ever really have to lie to kids? Like my little daughter asked my wife, hey, how does that baby come out? Finally asked the question. Hey, you know that baby we've seen growing in your stomach for months and months and months? Hey, how does it come out? Great question. Very astute question. And I wasn't even home. My wife texted me. Mila just asked how the baby comes out. And my wife told the truth. And I thought, yeah, let's start doing that. There's so many things that we try to candy coat and soften with kids. Why don't we go full throttle truth mode? Like when it comes to all these topics, there are some morbid topics out there. I know we're trying to protect kids, but we don't have to lie to them about everything thinking, oh, they won't be able to understand this concept. Yeah. I mean, my wife used terminology that a three-year-old could understand, but she gave her the accurate account of what's going to happen. There's no stork. Nah, there's no stork. Whoever invented the stork story really feared the truth with little kids. Oh, shit. Tell them a big bird drops the baby at the doorstep and fuck, get out of that conversation. I mean, I could navigate out of any conversation with a three-year-old if they ask something that makes you uncomfortable, but let's go toward the discomfort. That's how I'm ending the podcast. Let's run right into the discomfort with little kids. Like there's all these books. If your dog dies, if a pet dies, you know, tell them they went to pet heaven. Tell them the dog went to a deserted island and it's love and life. Uh, no, not going to do that. We're going to tell them the truth. And there's no stork coming. Oh, no. There's no stork coming. There will be nurses, doctors, legs will be spread. Daddy will be holding a knee. Mommy will be screaming. Might even be a little blood. But it's the most beautiful craziness that you could ever even describe. Hey, how does a human come into the world? Well, initially? Is that what you're asking? Initially? Yeah, it gets a little wild. All right, I'll be embarking upon that wild journey in a few weeks. And until then, why don't you drop a rating on iTunes and have yourself a happy day, a happy week, a happy year, a happy existence. Peace, my good peeps. Episode 141 is all done. It's in the books. I'll talk to you soon.